Welcome to Energy Radio. Today we're going to talk about electric vehicle impl- implementation in the mining sector. But before we do, and before we welcome our guest, I wanted to welcome my podcast co-host, Lisa Barber. Lisa, welcome. Good morning, Matt. How are you doing today? Oh, couldn't be better. This is an exciting conversation uh, about a, a sector that uh, I don't know a lot about and um, a technology that I'm learning about. So I'm looking forward to being more educated uh, at the end of this hour than I am today. Um, so why don't you, we're going to have um, an exciting guest here, Natalie Carey, who's the principal engineer of strategic electric vehicle implementation with Valet. Um, but how did we get connected to Natalie mm-hmm. before we welcome her on the show? Yeah, great question, Matt. So uh, I actually met Natalie at the Energy and Minds Conference. This is going back, well, obviously pre-COVID. This is maybe, what, two years ago, Natalie? Something like that would be my guess. 2019, and yes. Oh, 2000. Wow. You remember the date even like, wow, well, the year. <laughs> uh, and uh, so interestingly enough, I sat next to her at lunch um, and we got chatting. And then I actually made an introduction to one of our clients at another mining company. And so then you know, anyways, I, you know, was talking with her. And at some point I suggested that maybe she could be part of the the podcast, of course, you know, not too, too long ago. And uh, but interestingly enough, after I met Natalie at Energy and Mines, she reached out to Alex Quinlan and said, hey, I just met one of your colleagues, Lisa Barber, and I didn't even realize that there was a connection there. So then Alex says, oh, you, you met Natalie. And I said, oh, I, I didn't, I didn't, you guys are, you guys know each other. So you'll have to give us a little bit of a background, Natalie, how you know Alex, because actually I don't remember. Were you guys in school together? How did that, had that, how do you know her? Absolutely. Alex and I um, both went to school together at Laurentian University and uh, both did our mining bachelor's degree there together. And so we've been uh, best friends ever since. And so that's uh, the nature of the connection. Okay. Well, well, this is, uh, we, uh, we have another upcoming Quinlan connection on the next episode of Energy Radio. So this is becoming a theme. Uh, Natalie, welcome, for- formally and officially welcome to uh, Energy Radio podcast. It's a pleasure to have you. Thank you, Matt and Lisa. It's a a very good pleasure for me to be here. Thank you. Awesome. Well, why don't we just jump right in? I think we're going to have a lot to talk about. Uh, And so, you know, I often like to ask people their origin story or, you know, as if they were a comic book superhero, uh, (laughs) kind of give give the background. Can you give us uh, your background of, you know, through your, you know, you talked about your studies. So from there to what brought you here today uh, in your career and what you've been working on and, you know, with some of the fun projects perhaps, and we'll see where it goes from there. Absolutely. So I am a professional engineer. I have over 11 years experience in the mining industry. So as I mentioned before, after graduating from Laurentian University in 2010 with a bachelor's degree of science in mining engineering, I started increasing my knowledge and skills working in ground control and ventilation at Valet. Um, I really do love to foster innovation and change, which then led me towards production planning, mine design, business planning, and operational excellence work experiences. I was also Valet Canada Limited's first appointed integrated operations superintendent, where my passion enabled me to lead the development and implementation of manual integrated operations planning and scheduling systems at Totten Mine in Sudbury, Ontario. So my successful spearheading of the integrated scheduling pilot project resulted in system implementation at Valet Canada's other mine sites. So I'm now focused on leading Valet's recently launched green energy vehicle program, working towards mine electrification in my current role as principal engineer of 
strategic electric vehicle implementation. And so my interest in the mining sector is very much stemming from the ability to utilize both my technical knowledge and to work hands-on. And so I have had the opportunity to load explosives and blast underground. I have drilled with handheld drills and driven scoop trams and trucks. And so I've always been proactive in creating and maintaining that safety compliant productive work environment. And the mining industry has also provided me with opportunities to be part of new innovation technology, such as electric equipment underground. Wow. I, re remind me next time you come to visit us in St. Catharines, Natalie, not to uh, fool with you if you've been around explosives. That could be a scary story. <laughs> it's not scary at all. <laughs> so talk, talk to us a little bit about, I guess, the, the involvement with Valley's electric underground mining vehicles. Um, you know, can, you, can you describe a little bit about what you do there? Absolutely. So my main objective is developing and leading Valet's green energy vehicle program. And so this program is inclusive of all types of green energy equipment. So that includes trolley electric, tethered electric, battery electric, which as we go through this discussion, I'll refer to as BEVs for short, also hybrid equipment and hydrogen fuel cell equipment. And so this consists of organizing and spearheading trials of electric vehicles across our Canadian operations. And so our main purpose is to validate the technology and understand BEV's optimal operating performance in comparison to equivalent diesel equipment. So this work includes supporting the operations to ensure the safe implementation of BEVs at our site, including operational readiness, change management, and training development. So in addition, there are many different BEV and electric technologies available. And so it's really important to understand which technological application is suitable for what challenge. Our final goal is to create an implementation strategy for Valet's North Atlantic operations to ensure we are leveraging our investments. And so it's important for us that we gain all of the benefits of BEVs and leverage the economic viability where it is most suitable for our people and our operations. And so in summary, the program consists of site supporting operational readiness for the trials of multiple equipment types and manufacturers, data capturing and analysis in order to recommend an implementation strategy for our operations. So you're you're kind of doing comparisons of of different technologies and 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 different OEMs. Is that, in general terms, one of the aspects of what you're working on? Yeah. So we we prefer to to speak to it as technological validation, and so it's not a direct comparison of equipment and OEM types. It's validation of the technology and really understanding uh, that the suitable application for that technology. Okay, that's that's a great differentiation, and I, I think it's it's important because it, you know, as I said off the hop, I don't know a lot about it, but I can imagine there's different different applications, different settings, different environments, different purposes for why what you need the the vehicles. So yeah, find, finding the right uh, fit for purpose. So you know, you have a, a fleet underground. Are there different OEMs, original equipment manufacturers that you know are big players? Like you know, who's is it? Common names? Is it you know a niche provider? Who's some of the OEMs in the space that you you are dealing with? So before I jump into the question of the OEMs, I would like to highlight some of the benefits BEVs can bring to the operations. Um, and so improving workplace conditions that benefit worker health, BEVs can reduce or eliminate the diesel particulate matter and other exhaust matter. And so they also typically operate quieter, cooler, and can potentially reduce dust generation and operator vibration levels. And so these benefits can lead to improved workforce morale as well. Notwithstanding the environmental benefits, which include decrease in CO2 and greenhouse gas emissions. 
So BEVs can support sustainability for productivity with increased challenging mine conditions at depth as well. And then finally, there are financial improvements. And so lessening the burden on mine ventilation systems can result in reduced ventilation, operating costs, capital costs, and can potentially alleviate ventilation production constraints. Maintenance savings and carbon pricing can also result in financial gain. And so essentially transitioning to less carbon intensive operating practices provides a platform to do what's right. And so the benefits of providing workplace improvements for our workforce, improve workforce attraction and supporting innovation development are invaluable. So reducing our reliance on diesel solidifies our environmental stewardship and commitment to reducing our environmental impact. And so in response to your question regarding uh, what OEMs has supplied us, the majority of our equipment we are currently in a trial phase at Valet and have invested in a wide variety of equipment types, manufacturers and technology. And so our goal is to understand their performance and determine suitability considering all of the variables that impact the technology and all of the various application scenarios. And so we aren't yet ready to make a fleet investment decision for our operational rollout, but we are confident that there is not a one size fits all solution. Hmm. So back in the, when I was in uh, emissions control, Natalie, quite a few years ago, there were, so I used to work with Caterpillar Underground Mining. I used to work with, maybe they've changed their name now, MTI or Mining Technologies International, I think. I remember that MTI was doing some electric vehicles. Who are some of the, the names, like just for our listeners, uh, not necessarily that Ballet uses, but, um, you know, what, what, who are some of the names that are actually manufacturing these electric vehicles today? So, so the list is quite extensive. I, I can't name them all, but some examples include Caterpillar, Epiroc. Um, so they're in the prime mover space. There's also Sandvik, Komatsu, also in the prime mover space. Mm -hmm. And then you have some other examples in the um, personnel carriers and auxiliary equipment space. Some of those examples include Rokion, Covaterra, uh, and Normet as well, just to name a mm. few examples. Mm. Wow, very cool. Yeah, you mentioned something in a in a prior answer about you know, when you were talking about the benefits, and I'm I'm glad you you touched on that before we got too deep into it because I think that's important. And I had you know I hadn't really thought. I mean, again, I not something I'm totally familiar with, but the ventilation benefits that I mean, when you said it, it makes total sense to me. And Lisa, I remember a couple of the jobs we looked at. You know, ventilation was I was amazed at how obviously when when you think about it, but how big of a deal that was, and and so you know reducing that. You know, that's some of the derivative benefits that I think, you know, it's good that we we have these types of conversations. And um, so when you think of your fleet, Natalie, like, is, is there a, a progress, like how much of it is is BEVs and are there targets that you guys are focusing on in terms of that transition towards it? Is there a target when you're all electric? Like, talk to us, if you can, a bit about the percentages of, of uh, your vehicles that are BEV. Absolutely. So we are trialing BEVs at a number of our underground operations right now, which include Coleman, Creighton, Garson, Coppercliff, and Thompson Mines. So each operation is implementing BEVs based on their particular needs within the operation. And so we currently have eight electric and 32 battery electric vehicles on Valet property and are expecting approximately 10 more vehicles by end of 2021. And so as we are still in the trial stages, are GEVs, which stands for Green Energy Vehicles, which also includes Karuna Trolley Electric Trucks, will be less than 5% of our current North Atlantic fleet by the end of 2021. And so as our trials progress, we are becoming a leader in underground mining battery electric vehicle space. 
Mm. When I think, Natalie, about, you know, underground BEVs, I think about, you know, charging stations, you know, similarly to, you know, electric cars, you got to plug them in, they got to recharge. Um, you know, did, did that significantly increase your electric load? And, you know, on average, how long does it take to recharge a piece of equipment? Is it similar to that of an electric car? So we are still in the infancy and have strategically located our trials to ensure there are no risks to the operations. And so we are anticipating a small increase in electrical load with that's within our capacity. So with regards to charge times, there are multiple styles of battery electric equipment and multiple styles of charging technology, which vary in charge times. And so, for example, we have prime mover equipment, which includes LHDs, so load haul dump scoop trams, and large trucks ranging from 30 to 50 ton capacity. And so the charge style of these units can be either onboard charging or offboard charging via a battery swapping technique. And so there are also utility equipment that generally utilize onboard charging and require smaller batteries and would re potentially require less charge time. So some of our onboard charging technologies also have slow, medium, or fast charge options, and some can be selected based on operational power capacities. And so the percentage of battery depletion will also play a role in charge times. So essentially, charge times can vary in range from 30 minutes, so if the battery is not fully depleted, to two to three hours. The technology is continuously evolving and improving, and on average, fully depleted takes about two hours to charge if opportunity charging is not utilized throughout the shift. And so an example of opportunity charging is charging during lunch breaks. Hmm. Oh, you're on uh, mute, Matt. There we go. We're, we're a year into this pandemic. You think I could figure <laughs> it out, right? <laughs> Trying to get too cute with my, uh, my mic here. Uh, Natalie, what are some of the the challenges that you've you know experienced you guys are clearly on the leading edge and pioneering this movement but that doesn't come without its challenges can you speak to us about some of the challenges that you've uh, had to overcome as you start to, to to move through some of these steps of your process absolutely so there are challenges with any development and implementation of new technology we are facing the same challenges as the rest of the industry so there are still many learnings with respect to regulations and duty cycle. So regular diesel equipment has been utilized for decades. Personnel have dialed in their work culture around that and some routines will now need to be adjusted. Change management and training will be critical to ensure the technology adoption. And so investing in our people will be a priority to ensure they are equipped with the tools necessary for successful operation and maintenance. In addition, brownfield mine operations were not designed with BEVs in mind. And so this means infrastructure, including power, could pose challenges for current operations. So these factors need to be considered when developing the implementation strategy. Hmm. And, and when we think about the, the number of pieces underground, Natalie, of equipment, um, you know, if you, if you compare diesels, I don't even know how long a, a diesel, you know, underground mining piece of equipment could run for, but presumably it might be shorter with electric vehicles. So did you guys have to um, invest in more vehicles or, or how does this swap out of the battery happen? Like, is it that quick that, that it doesn't affect production or did it affect production by going to electric vehicles? 
So right now we are currently in the trial phases for all electric vehicles at Valet. And so we have taken a very purposeful approach in that the units are to be used in non-production critical areas. More specifically, this means the units are being trialed in addition to our current diesel equipment at this time. And so we are anticipating that charge times and swap times will improve as the technology develops and personnel become proficient. And so during our trials, we will be validating the performance of battery electric vehicles with the goal of ensuring equipment performance is equal to or better than their diesel equivalents. So the bigger question, Natalie, is, is that uh, yellow uh cat UGM piece of equipment that little model you have uh, to the side of you there is that electric or is that uh, diesel? <laughs> I'm going to venture to say that uh, my stress ball that's shaped like a mine truck here is uh, is electric. <laughs> uh-huh. All right very good. So you, you mentioned you're, you're doing it kind of side by side so you, there are still uh, elements of uh, your process um, that are our GHG c- contributors, um, and so uh, h- how do you how do you see kind of post this movement uh, other ways to decarbonize uh, sources of emissions? That's a fantastic question, Matt. So our processes consume a vast amount of energy to operate. The key to reducing our carbon emissions involves the optimization of processes to reduce energy wastage, the capturing of wasted energy, for example, heat, and switching to cleaner energy sources, and as an example, hydroelectricity versus fuel oil. So the main contributors of greenhouse gas emissions across Valley's North Atlantic operations are natural gas use and diesel use. And so Valley's decarbonization plans include a variety of approaches. We are embarking on an initiative to reduce fossil fuel consumption and to shift Valley's global energy matrix to zero net CO2 emissions by 2050. We are working to leverage technologies to accomplish our fossil fuel reduction initiative that will help in these areas. So we are investing, investigating, changing our energy matrix, so solar, wind and hydroelectric generation, um, implementing of new technologies such as fuel switching and waste heat capture for natural gas and BEVs, uh, and wind and hydro for diesel when it's used for heat and energy also decreasing our overall consumption. And so we are investigating energy saving technologies, increasing our energy efficiency. And so we're investigating energy recovery and efficiency technologies and reducing our environmental impact. As an example, shrinking our footprint and reclamation efforts uh, and reducing our emissions by looking for fossil fuel alternatives and clean technology. So these technologies range in maturity. So our move to low carbon will be a mix of implementing proven technologies and researching the viability of others. Let's talk a little bit about that reduction of emissions, uh, Natalie, for a second. So, you know, one of the big ones that, that the mining sector has been concerned with for many, many years is diesel particulate matter. Um, I don't remember too much about uh, from a regulation standpoint what it was like in Canada, but in the U.S., I think it was it was pretty stringent from you know the days that I was involved. It was like 160 micrograms of total carbon per cubic foot of air, I think, or something around that that level. But for for the listeners, it was it was really like you really had to clean up your particulates underground. So most of the underground equipment was requiring either. Uh, yeah, form of particulate filter, typically diesel particulate filters to reduce that particulate by up to 99% um, or greater than 85% by mass. 
Um, so how does that kind of play into this? Like if, if electric vehicles are really reducing diesel particulate matter, which is a known carcinogen classified by the California Resource Board, how, why aren't there more mines that are using BEVs underground? Like, is this, is it, is it a technology thing? Is it a pricing thing? Like what's, what's the big, the big issue there? So there are quite a few challenges and considerations with converting from the traditional diesel underground equipment to the new BEV technology. And so I'll just work through some of those challenges. The industry has taken enormous efforts to provide a safe working environment with the use of diesel powered equipment, as an example, through improvements in filtration and ventilation. And so the industry is not waiting on BEVs to make workplace health and safety a priority. In addition, brownfield operations, it's important to understand the site's power infrastructure capacity and constraints and plan for the lead time required for any upgrades. BV technology is also advancing at an exponential rate. And so this can be intimidating for operations that may have concerns purchasing equipment that could become legacy prior to the end of life of mine. As this technology is also still in its infancy, it's very important to validate the performance of battery electric vehicles in the workplace. Valet, as with other companies, are currently in this stage. And so when the technology performance becomes proven, we can anticipate challenges in the supply of underground electric vehicles. And so companies will only be able to purchase them at the rate that OEMs, so the original equipment manufacturers, can manufacture and deliver the units. It'll be, it'll be, it'll be interesting to, to see how that develops and, and hopefully the, the OEMs can keep pace with the demand as this continues to prove itself out and uh, it's going to be it's going to be exciting to watch. Uh, Natalie, as we continue to kind of look look forward in the mining industry and beyond BEVs as there are other ways you, you mentioned, uh, you know, there's, there's going to need to be a whole toolbox of things to move towards decarbonization, the buzzword and we always keep a time check on how quickly or how deep into our podcast we get before we mention hydrogen for the first time. <laughs> so here we are at that moment. Uh, you know, it's it's the buzzword. Uh, is this something that Valet is looking at uh, or are there other types of technologies that yourselves or the, the industry as a whole needs to be looking at uh, to really drive and, and meet sustainability goals? So fuel cell equipment is within our portfolio at Valet. So we are at this time monitoring the technology to understand what it can mean for our operations. The mining sector will have to consider all types of emerging technologies to meet sustainability goals. As an example, Valet recently commissioned its Clean AER project, and AER stands for Atmospheric Emissions Reduction. The Clean AER project is one example of a past project which resulted in a 40% reduction in greenhouse gases at the smelter and the decommissioning of the super stack here in Sudbury. And so a lot of the technologies I spoke to in the earlier question pertaining to Valet's plans towards decarbonization will need to be reviewed by the industry, including energy storage systems, energy generation, energy reduction, and renewables. The industry will also need to consider their future operational projects that are coming online and how those efforts will influence their decar decarbonization initiatives. Very interesting. Uh, so Natalie, uh, you know, thinking about women in the, the mining industry, I, I was involved for a number of years, you know, going back again to my mission control days. And if I was in a different room, I would actually show you all of the aura that I have from, 
you know, various mines that I visited underground. It was a really cool experience. So I, you know, it's really close to my heart, the mining community and, and the sector itself. Um, but you're you're a principal engineer, so you you obviously made it, uh, you know, as a woman in the field. Uh, what was the experience like for you? You know, do you have any words of encouragement maybe as we're sort of wrapping this up, the podcast up, um, or advice for other women uh, who are interested in getting into the sector? That's a great question, Lisa. And uh, I feel like we all have those tiny little pieces of war. Right? I also <laughs> have some um, that I've collected throughout my journey. Um, and so as I started this role as a principal engineer in April of, of 2020, I'm really thrilled to have been appointed a principal engineer in this capacity. I am very, very proud of how unprecedented such an opportunity is for a female in mining at this stage in my career. I have worked very hard and tirelessly overcoming many challenges and so thinking back 11 years ago when I started this journey, BEVs in mining was a concept and now I have the opportunity to be at the forefront of this industry transformation. And so for women interested in the mining industry, my advice is do it, jump in. All industries have their challenges to overcome. And so despite those, there are many amazing opportunities offered in this industry, including diverse work experiences, travel, competitive salaries, and personal and professional growth and development. So throughout my career, I have set myself a mantra for which I've followed for the past 11 years. That mantra is, I have no limits. If you set a goal and work progressively towards it, nobody has limits. So if you are interested in, in a career in mining, um, give it a try and take advantage of the opportunities in this industry. Mining is transforming and with that becoming more inclusive and technologically advanced. Uh, wow, thank you. That's, uh, that's very inspirational, both the technology, but more so the, the I have no limits and, and you know really setting out a vision for yourself in your own career, but also uh, a vision for you know others who who may you know come come along after you and and really setting you know an opportunity for them to to see a world without limits as well. So I really appreciate that, Natalie, and and thank you, you know, again for as we as we kind of land the the plane here. Um, thank you for for joining us. Is there as we close? Is there you know anything else we haven't touched on that you want to you know talk about, or is there a way that you know if people want to get a, a hold of you, they can they can contact you to to chat more about e, uh, BEVs or other things? Absolutely. So if people want to get in contact with me, the best place to reach me is via my LinkedIn profile under Natalie Kari. As for my final thoughts, I, I am very, very grateful for your invitation to be part of SEM's Energy Radio podcast and want to thank you for providing me the opportunity to participate. As for my final thoughts, fundamentally, demands for action are growing. It has been thrilling to be part of the journey and leading this effort in a time of increased innovation and environmental awareness. The movement from traditional diesel to electric vehicles brings me a feeling of social pride in creating a healthier workplace. Thank you. Great, Natalie. Thank you very much. That was awesome. Yeah, thank you, Natalie. Uh, this is this has been fun. As I said at the outset, I, I knew I would be smarter at the end than I was at the beginning, and uh, I am as a result of uh, Natalie's education. So, uh, again, we uh, we had the chance to have uh, Natalie Kari of uh, Valet. She's their principal engineer, strategic electric vehicle implementation. Uh, a lot going on, uh, a busy portfolio, a lot of things to investigate. So, Natalie, we appreciate you carving out time and joining us today. Thanks very much, Matt and Lisa, for having me. Thanks so much, Natalie. 
Lisa, thank you as well for always putting this together and asking uh, great questions. And uh, Mr. Charbonneau behind the glass, uh, thank you for uh, making us look and sound good. Uh, on behalf of everybody here at CEM and Energy Radio, thank you for listening. And uh, until we meet again, remember, uh, we live in a world where you have no limits. Uh, go and, and chase after it. Take care. Take care.